We will uh, say our verse for this coming week. It comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 2. Let's say this together. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. 1 Corinthians 13, 2. I want to deal with that word charity for just a moment. Uh, it is uh, very similar to the word love, and, and some people say, well, it just means love. Uh, one of the challenges with the English language is we have, to some level, a poverty of words. Uh, when bringing it out of the Greek and into the English, uh, the King James translators really understood the language and maybe even understood it better than we do in, on some levels. And they would pick certain words for a very specific reason. Uh, the word charity, now the, now the word love, there, there's three or four words uh, that have uh, Greek roots. There's agape, which is that unconditional love by God. And there is the word phileo, that is that affection of friendship and, and a couple of others. Uh, but when it comes to charity, on the other uses of the word love, it is emphasizing the character and the sources of love, or the source of love in God that is being demonstrated to the object. When it comes to the word charity, the word charity is taking all of that about love, but it has the emphasis upon the recipient of that love and the value. And when God loves us, he puts a high love upon us. And when it is talking about this as well, we need to put a value on those that we love just like God has done. And so there's just a little bit of a word lesson uh, out of the King James translation. All right, if our ushers would come at this time, we will receive our tithes and offering. On Sunday, September 17th, the Foothills Baptist Church family will be celebrating our 52nd anniversary. We would like to invite our radio audience to come and help us celebrate what God has done through the years. The service begins at 9.30 and will be followed by a lunch. Along with celebrating our 52nd anniversary, we would like to designate September as Letter Month. This is our first year with a radio broadcast and we would like to hear what this ministry means to you. You may send an email to fbcloveland at aol.com. That is fbcloveland at aol.com or a letter to P.O. Box 771, Loveland, Colorado 80539. That is 
Post Office Box 771 Loveland, Colorado 80539. Psalm 143, please. Stand with me as we read, if you're able to. Psalm 143, verse 1. Hear my prayer, O Lord. Give ear to my supplications. In thy faithfulness answer me, and in thy righteousness. And enter not into judgment with thy servant, for in thy sight shall no man living be justified. For the enemy hath persecuted my soul. He hath smitten my life down to the ground. He hath made me to dwell in darkness as those that have been long dead. Therefore is my spirit overwhelmed within me. My heart within me is desolate. I remember the days of old. I meditate on all thy works. I muse on the works of thy hands. I stretch forth my hands unto thee. My soul thirsteth after thee as a thirsty land. Hear me speedily, O Lord. My spirit faileth. Hide not thy face from me, lest I be like unto them that go down into the pit. Cause me to hear thy loving kindness in the morning, for in thee do I trust. Cause me to know the way wherein I should walk, for I lift up my soul unto thee. Deliver me, O Lord, from mine enemies. I flee unto thee to hide me. Teach me to do thy will, for thou art my God. Thy spirit is good. Lead me into the land of uprightness. Quicken me, O Lord, for thy name's sake. For thy righteousness' sake, bring my soul out of trouble. And of thy mercy, cut off mine enemies, and destroy all them that afflict my soul, for I am thy servant. Let's bow in prayer. Our Father in heaven, we once more thank you that we are able to meet in this place. We pray your blessing today on the pastor as he preaches your word. We pray that you would empower him. And Lord, uh, open our eyes and our ears and our hearts as we receive the message from God's word. Thank you again for your many blessings this beautiful day. We thank you for God's house and God's people. We pray you'd bless us here together and help us, Lord, to uh, leave this place better prepared and better determined to serve you. If there be anybody here today who's not saved, we pray that you'd help them to understand the gospel, to receive it, and to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. God bless you and be seated. What can we <clears throat> what can we do when everything looks bad? You look around and things happen in life and and uh, things look bad and for some things uh if we get a little cynical there's not much hope of seeing some change there. And as believers, that can be rather discouraging from time to time. And uh, we ask ourselves, what can we do when everything looks bad? Well, here's a psalm. Uh, it was a part of my reading earlier this week. And uh, maybe I was feeling a little bit that way as I was sitting down and reading through this psalm and, and thinking about this particular psalm and uh, found great encouragement from it. And I want to share that this morning. You see, David in his Psalms pulls back the veneer of his strength and his might and his prowess as one of the greatest kings of all time. And as he opens that up through his Psalms, 
we discover that he had some real weaknesses emotionally. There were some real tough times that he experienced. Uh, we, we see that he had a roller coaster of emotions from time to time, from the highest of highs to the lowest of lows. And it is through his psalms that he exposes the reality of, of what he faced in discouragement and difficulties and how he found through God restoration and encouragement and faith and hope and trust and joy and peace and strength to move forward within God's will. I think living in this era, different people have talked about different eras. Uh, well, I wish I'd have lived back in the Old West. Uh, well, maybe you would have, maybe you wouldn't. Some of that has been glamorized beyond what it really was. Uh, sometimes look at my granddad's generation and, and I see what they were able to uh, enjoy and live through in my dad's generation. But do you know what? I didn't live in those generations. This is my generation. And they had struggles just like we have struggles. I think one of the challenges that we have that maybe they did not have is the, the decline of our country. We are having to live through an era of moral, ethical, religious, and political fall here in our country. And it is a perpetual heartbreak and grievance both to those that are constitutional republic patriots and then especially to the righteous. We see what is happening to our country. And sometimes we wonder if there's any resolve, if there's going to be any return, and it just hammers away. It's not something that is just an an occasional hit, but a perpetual beating of it. I would probably liken it by comparing to taking a hammer and hitting a rock and maybe a little spark or dust flies off of it. That happens once in a while. We handle that. But what's happening in our country is like the old miners of Colorado going into the Rockies. They would take a a, a steel shaft that was a punch about an inch long and have a point on it. And and one guy would hold it. The other guy would take the sledgehammer and he would hit it. He would turn it and he would hit it and he would turn it and he would hit it. And, And eventually they would bore a hole long enough to put a couple dynamite charges in it. But it was just hammer and hammer and hammer away, penetrating into the heart of the rock. And it seems like that's the way it's happening in our culture today. This in itself is enough to weigh us down. But, you know, we have families and people that deal with even not only that and the discouragement of what we see there. But for some, there is a family struggle with conflicts and heartaches that they're trying to mediate and work through. For others, it may be financial challenges and work troubles. Or in other cases, it may be life and death health battles that just become front and center in life. And you start putting one or more of these together. And even as believers, we get discouraged. And we need to be encouraged from God's word from time to time. If David, for the man that he was... And for the strength that he had, needed to come to 
to God and, and to the Word of God and be encouraged and strengthened. And, and not only that, God used him to write some of this so that it could be a help for us today. But if a man like David needed to be encouraged from time to time, how much so for you and I as well? And so I've chosen to look at Psalm 143 to teach us how to find refuge, peace, and hope in our Lord and Savior. In verses 1 and 2, we must begin by going to the Lord and pouring out our prayer. He says, Hear my prayer, O Lord, give ear to my supplication. In thy faithfulness answer me, and in thy righteousness And another time he talks about praying, and that's down in in, in verse 7, hear me speedily. You see, he's asking God to hear his prayer. Now, before I go much further, I need to, to set this as an understanding. By and large, the prayer promises of the Bible are for those who have truly been saved. The prayer, there, there's only one prayer promise that God has given to the unbeliever. And that is when he prays with repentance and faith unto salvation. Now, I'm not saying that God never hears sinners pray about anything else. I'm not saying that God never answers those prayers for sinners about anything else, because I believe he can, as an omniscient God, hear them, And God in his special ways may answer them for a special reason. But there's no other promise to my knowledge in the Bible to an unbeliever that he will hear and answer any other prayer. But as we come here for you and I as believers, the Bible is filled with promises of how God will hear our prayer and God will answer according to his word and always for our good and for God's glory. And we can have rest assurance of that. But do you know, sometimes in our human frailty, we wonder if God hears We wonder if he is answering our prayer. And for us, when when we have those doubts and those questions to pray and and not be heard uh, is almost like uh, not praying at all. And it can discourage us in our prayer life to go ahead and pray. And to know that that in our prayer that God does hear, but we do not see an answer, we feel as though God is ignoring us. And then our prayer life seems somewhat futile. But do you know it's because we listen to the wrong information that leads us to that? And we'll deal with that a little later. But David was just... In, in the depths of his heart and in the depths of where he was in darkness and despair, he, he just said, Lord, I need to know for sure that you're hearing me and that you're going to answer me. I know you hear. I know you answer. But in my weakness, I need you to magnify that just a little bit for me this time. And so he is pleading and crying out, please, God. Hear and make your answer very clear that I may see it. In his plea, David appeals to God's faithfulness and righteousness. And as we're looking at this, we're not simply looking at what David did, 
But we see how God rewards what David did in these so that we may replicate it in our prayer life and in our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, hear my prayer, give ear to my supplication. In thy faithfulness answer me and in thy righteousness. We see that he appeals to the faithfulness and the righteousness of God. In the next verse, he says, enter not into judgment with thy servant. In some level and on some level, this is a penitential psalm. That's where David confesses his sin. We would understand that David has confessed sin. But even when he has confessed and made things right with God, he still realizes that we're still unworthy of all of the goodness of God. And so he pleads to God's righteousness and faithfulness. And for the one that comes to God with a humble heart of repentance and faith in Jesus Christ, and, and uh, even for believers where we have sinned and done wrong, and First John 1, 9, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And as David comes to this time and to this prayer, I would understand that he has found the cleansing and forgiveness of God. Yet even in that, he realized that we all fall short of the glory of God in ourselves. And we do not deserve the righteousness and the goodness of God. But what he understands is when we come to God with that spirit, God is quick to reach out to us and serve and minister and help in righteousness and with faithfulness. He is not asking God to be righteous. He is not instructing the Lord to be faithful because he knows and understands that God is always righteous and always does everything in his righteousness and God is always faithful. He's simply saying here, I want to ally with your righteousness and faithfulness. I need that in an hour such as this. You will find to experience the goodness and strength of the Lord like David did by the end of this psalm, we must seek to ally with the righteousness of God with humble confession that we may appreciate God's faithfulness in his workings in our life. In the New Testament, Hebrews 4.16 We read, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Here is a demonstration. Here is a recorded occasion of when David did that very thing. He came to the throne of grace to find help in time of need. And he knew that it was by God's grace and mercy that he would work in righteousness and faithfulness. Once our hearts have been reconciled to the righteousness of God, we can more easily pour out our plight and our request. Not just in stating something and talking about it, but knowing that that God will hear and listen and that God will reach out. That we may cast all our care upon him, because he cares for you and me. And we understand that. And and David has come to that point of pouring out and, and making right with God 
And now he gives his plight and his peril. In verse 3, For the enemy hath persecuted my soul. He has smitten my life down to the ground. He hath made me to dwell in darkness as those that have been long dead. As I read one particular author on this, he said, David's enemies, and we're not sure who it was at this time. It doesn't state. It may have been when he was running from Saul, just trying to stay alive and do right. It may have been the time when Absalom was after his his life to kill him. In either case, those were dark seasons in the life of David. But But here's how David felt. My enemies not only want to terminate what I'm doing and not only want to take me out of office as king or remove me from from walking with God, but they want to kill me and they want to make it worse than being dead. They want to put me as though I've been in the grave for, for eons of time. And it just has overwhelmed my soul. Even though they have not physically been able to, to, to inflict a scratch upon David. And he's been able to escape their sword or their spear or their men or whatever it was. They have inflicted their arrows of hate into his heart and into his soul. And it hurt And he wondered, God, what am I going to do? I know you have a will for my life. I know you have a plan for my life. But this seems like a a brick wall that I've got to get over. And how are we going to deal with it, God? And you know, many times that's how our enemies are. When we're dealing within our culture, there's one particular internet server that uh, I uh, open up every now and then. and, And it has several articles in there that, are, that could be read. And one of the things that I have noticed over the last three or plus years is the increase of articles that are hostile to Christianity. And they attack Christianity. And they scoff and they mock at it. And folks, this is spreading. It's not only that they want to reject Christ, they want to reject God, but they want to silence those of us who believe in God. And it may even get to the point where they're not satisfied for us to only be silenced, but to be eliminated. I don't know where that'll go. But you see that hatred in the articles and and the spite in those articles that come out just like this. And this is what David's uh, plight was. Uh, they, they, were, they were after to destroy him. And it seemed as though his efforts for correction had become hopeless. Then in verse 4, he says, Therefore is my spirit overwhelmed within me. That's called discouragement. My heart within me is desolate. That is to the point of despair and depression. That's where David was. It was a spiritual condition for him. Friends, failure and discouragement and deep depression will come if you try to do what only God can do. He may have tried to survive. He tried to run, but he couldn't correct the issue and he couldn't change their hearts. Some things in life we simply have to let go and turn over to the Lord. And it becomes a step and an act of faith on our part. 
I don't know that Saul's heart was ever changed. Absalom's heart was never changed. But David's heart was encouraged and strengthened, and and David's heart was changed. It was brought up out of the miry pit and set on the cleft of the rock of encouragement because he realized that God was in control and there's some things that only God can do and you have to trust to let God do that. Now the rest of the Psalms from verse 5 to verse 12 reveals the steps that David took to find real help from God in the time of need. And I believe these are very uh, opening of the eyes, instructional. Teach us, how did David come to God and get out of despair to the rock of hope, trust, and peace and joy in the Lord? Verse 5 talks about what he remembered. He remembered the days of old. I meditate on all thy works. I muse, that means to think on the work of thy hands. You know, some people talk about the good old days. Well, not everything about the old days was good. But undoubtedly, there were some good things about the old days. And and for David, he may have been reminiscing back to when he was just a shepherd boy. And he didn't have all of the responsibility of being a king. Or, or, or being a servant of a king and a soldier of the king and, and with preparations for the throne or, or wherever this took place in, in that era of his life. <coughs> but he could look back at when he was a, a young boy. And you know, sometimes we look back and we think, my, how easy life was then. Of all of the responsibilities we didn't have to worry about, of all of the challenges we didn't have to take care of, and the simplicity of life when we were a child. But for David, it wasn't, he still had duties to do. He was a shepherd and he took care of the flock and, and he probably can remember when he could just free and openly sit out on a rock out in the pasture and write a psalm and write a song and, and sing it unto the Lord and just, just enjoy the day fellowshipping with God and, and watching the flock graze and taking care of. And when a bear came, God strengthened him to kill the bear and preserve the lamb. And a lion comes and God gave him the strength for that battle to to kill the lion and spare the lamb and take care of his flock. And, And as he began thinking of the goodness of that sweet fellowship with God, how enjoyable that sounds. And then when troubles came, God gave the strength to solve the problem and get back with life. Folks, remember the good things God has done. Sometimes we need to just take a little bit of time on a daily basis, a weekly basis, or however often you need, and just start listing the good things you know and have seen God done, uh, God has done, and, and the things that you have heard of how God ha- has done them, and you've seen the testimony of that. And just reminisce and remember the good things. That can be encouraging. And then it says in verse 6, I stretch forth my hand unto thee. My soul thirsteth after thee as a thirsty land. 
Have you ever been just absolutely famished and dry and needed a drink? And you almost drank too much. In, in uh, Matthew 5, verse 6, it says, Blessed. The word blessed means to live in the favor of God. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. That's a promise. Well, back here with David, he says, I just thirst for you, God. That was his compulsion. That was his passion. That was his desire. He reached out to God. Folks, when things become overwhelmingly discouraging and hard, we're going to start reaching for something or somebody. And if we reach for the wrong thing or the wrong person, we will be grossly disappointed. But if you will reach out to the Lord your God as David did, you will never be disappointed. In verse 7, he says, Hear me speedily, O Lord, my spirit faileth. Hide not thy face from me, lest I be like unto them that go down into the pit. He acknowledges his own inability that will lead to failure. And folks, it is good to be strong in the Lord, but it is never to be strong in ourself. Our strength must come from God. And he realized that. If I am left to my own devices, I'll go down into the pit. Not only will he emotionally be destroyed, but it could cause him to make bad choices physically. And so he, he cries out and he says, I need your help. I can't do it alone. And folks, I think that is a good step that we have to take. That in those types of times, we cannot do it alone. We need the help of God. And then verse 8 is interesting in, in these two or three verses here. He says, Cause me to hear thy loving kindness in the morning, for in thee do I trust. Cause me to know the way wherein I should walk, for I lift up my soul unto thee. He, he's asking God to correct what I'm hearing. Cause me to hear you, what you have to say for me. And understand, God is speaking to us through the Bible. We read the Bible. There's no new audible voices or any of that. But God speaks to us through the Bible and teaches us through the Word of God. And He says, teach me to hear the right things. Cause me. In other words, do a work so it brings me to the point that I will hear. One, one of our kids... Uh, had had troubles with swallowing medicine. And when that one was incredibly ill and we had to give some type of medication, normally it was in a liquid form, you, you couldn't just give it to her to take like you would most other children. Uh, just wouldn't happen. But we were taught that there was a certain way you could hold each side of the cheek and put the medicine there, and they would swallow it. We would cause her to swallow it without choking, without gagging. There, there was a way to do that. We would cause her to be able to swallow it and take the medicine. 
David is saying right here, you know, sometimes I listen to too much of the wrong thing. And when I start listening to too much of the wrong thing, I start misplacing my trust. And when I start misplacing my trust, it changes how I walk, and my walk goes in the wrong direction. And and David, even as, as great a man as he was, understood, and he asked God, he says, Now, God, would you cause me to hear your words? Help me to understand and listen to what I need to listen to, what is right for me to listen to, because I do trust you, but if I listen to the wrong thing, I misplace my trust. And then I walk or I make wrong decisions. But God caused me to hear your truth so that my trust is in God's truth and God's word and in God alone so that the decisions that I make will honor God. And folks, as as we face the challenges in our culture and not only in our culture and in our country, We can be listening to to too much of the wrong thing and misplace our trust. And folks, we need to listen to God's word and we need to be directing our trust to God so that we make right choices. Otherwise, we're going to be making bad choices, wrong choices. And regardless, whether whatever it is that you're struggling with, you need to cry out and say, God, help me, cause me to hear thy truth and put my trust there so I make right choices in my life. Verse 9, Deliver me, O Lord, from mine enemies. I flee unto thee to hide. You know, there are certain things we have to flee from unto God. And this was one of those occasions. And then in verse 10, he begs God to teach him to do right. Teach me to do thy will. For thou art my God. Thy spirit is good. Lead me into the land of uprightness. In verse 8, he says, Cause me to read and listen to God's word so I know what's right and I know what's wrong and I have my trust in the right place. (coughs) You know, there's a lot of people that know what's right but don't do it. David was taking this a step farther. I not only want to know what's right, but cause me, teach me how to do what's right. In Philippians chapter 4, in verse 9, these things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me, two letter, big word, do, and the God of peace shall be with you. Long before Philippians 4, 9 was written, David was putting it into practice. He says, God, I want to know and I want to listen to the truth. And that's where I want to put my trust but take it a step further so I obey it and I do it so that I can please you. That was his goal. That was his plan. Teach me, O Lord, to do what is right. Do you know, if we do not walk close with God, sometimes doing right can seem difficult. Sometimes standing for what is right can seem difficult. 
Because what happens is we begin to have the, the spirit of wanting to please family instead of pleasing God. Pleasing friends or neighbors instead of pleasing God. And the challenge for those that are in an elected position, you know where I'm going there, <laughs> to please the electorate instead of please God. Let's just be honest. Sometimes the flesh gets in the way. And even for David, he says, cause me to know what's right, and then cause me, teach me to do right. And I hope it is our passion as we walk through this and work through this, that, that we are challenged that we want to be right with God and we want to do right for God. And this was the, the heart that we come out of, that we receive out of this from David is I not only want to know what's right, but I want to do what's right. And then he says in verse 11, quicken me, O Lord, to make alive Discouragement and depression is a killer. Now, I realize it can be a physical killer because it can cause you to make the wrong choices down the trail of suicide, and that is, that is horrific. But, you know, it can kill your ambition. It can kill your joy. It can kill your productivity. It can kill the spring in your step. And, and, uh, and, and, you know, we, we just start dragging. And we just are, are, are more or less enduring and surviving through life without much life in our spirit. And, and undoubtedly, David was to that point to where, uh, yeah, I can know what's right, but, I, but my motivation is, is killed. Uh, I just... Uh, don't have the heart, the life, the spirit to, to really go after it. And he says, quicken me. Not only teach me what is right and teach me to do right, but, but quicken my spirit and, and put the passion back into my heart. Put the, the motivation back into my heart. Put the drive back into me so I can move forward with great life to serve God. And so not only teach me what's right, but, but give me the life. We as preachers can teach you the truth, but it is only God through the Holy Spirit that can give you the life that you need. I believe an important key through all of this comes back to what are your, your motives. And he says so in this verse, for thy name's sake, for thy righteousness sake, bring my soul out of trouble. You know, I can die and be buried and people will forget about me except what's written about me. But, oh God, I never want them to forget about you. I want this for your name's sake. I want to be back to being what you have called me to be and what you can enable me to be. Not so I can just enjoy life. Not so I can have great accomplishments. Not so I can finish my bucket list of everything I want to do. But that in my life, they'll glorify your name. For whatsoever you do, whether it be eating or drinking, do all to the glory of God. 
And this was his motivation. He did not want his life, and if this was going to be the end of his life, he didn't want to end his life a reproach to the name of his God. He's saying, oh God, teach me to do what's right. Teach me how to know what's right and give me the life and the spirit and the ambition to do it that I may go out glorifying my heavenly father that they'll never forget God. They may forget me, but they'll never forget my God. This was his motive. And then he says, for I am thy servant. What a way to end that. These eight steps towards God, no doubt, transformed David's life. The very next psalm begins with, Blessed is the Lord my strength. What a testimony. I want to challenge every believer that has been discouraged and where it begins to set in like a dark cloud. I want you to come to Psalm 143 and work your way through these steps on a personal level, in your personal devotions. Rest assured you may cry out unto a prayer hearing and a prayer answering God. You may seek to be reconciled to His righteousness and to His faithfulness. You can ask God to teach you what is right, change you, and teach you how to do right, and quicken you for His name's sake. Remember, when everything looks bad, we can go to the Lord for help. After I had read and studied this psalm, there was a song that came to my mind in my thinking. It's a song entitled, All That Thrills My Soul Is Jesus. I'd like to sing these first four verses for you. The pianist will come to play it for me. I'll sing the chorus after the first and the fourth. When I get to that last verse... Would you join me on that chorus and sing it? Let me read that chorus. All that thrills my soul is Jesus. He is more than life to me. And the fairest of 10,000 in my blessed Lord I see. Who can cheer the heart like Jesus? By His presence all divine, true and tender, pure and precious. Oh, how blessed to call Him mine. All that thrills my heart is Jesus. He is more than life to me. And the fairest of ten thousand. And my blessed Lord I sing. Love of Christ so freely given. Grace of God beyond decree. Mercy higher than the heaven. Deeper than the deepest sea. 
What a wonderful redemption! Never can a mortal know how my sin, though red like crimson, can be whiter than the snow. Every need His hand supplying, every good in Him I see. On His strength divine relying, He is all, all to me. All that thrills my soul is Jesus. He is more than life to me, and the fairest of ten thousand in my blessed Lord I sing. Father, we come to you this morning, and may our eyes be turned upon you, and may we see that no one can cheer our soul like Jesus. Use this psalm, I pray, O God, to be an anchor of encouragement, and Father, that you would use it to lift many children of God out of a miry pit and set them on a rock with peace, joy, and hope in God. I pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Foothills Baptist Gospel Hour. For more information about Foothills Baptist Church of Loveland, Colorado, you may visit our website at foothillsbaptistchurch.com. If you wish to donate to this radio ministry, please make your check payable to Foothills Baptist Church and mail to P.O. Box 771, Loveland, Colorado, 80539. Once more, please make your check payable to Foothills Baptist Church and mail to P.O. Box 771, Loveland, Colorado, 80539. Or you may go to our website at foothillsbaptistchurch.com and click on the Give tab. We would love to have you visit our regular Sunday services with morning worship at 930, Sunday school at 1050, and Sunday evening at 5 o'clock. And until we meet again... Be sure you are living by faith in Jesus above.
of radio stations can boast about having two, three, even 500,000 listeners. But what they don't tell you is that their average listener only listens for four minutes. And if they're listening to music, they're constantly changing the channel. Same old boring commentary. Or as soon as a commercial starts playing, they change the station. Here at 1360 KHNC, our listeners listen longer, a lot longer. We have some of the longest continuous listener minutes in the industry. That means our listeners don't change the dial as soon as a commercial 
commercial starts playing because they don't want to miss one second of their favorite programs. Advertise with AM 1360 KHNC and have your message heard. Call us at 970-587-5003. We have the best rates in Colorado. So call us at 970-587-5003 or 1360khnc.com. What type of financial advisor are you looking for? A lot of advisors work for some great companies that offer good products, but are they taking a close look at what truly matters to you? Most advisors are unfortunately one-trick ponies and come at you with the same strategy no matter what situation you are in. Most of the time, your advisor isn't even reaching out to you to review things and has no desire to actually build a relationship with you. You want to work with someone who's going to hustle their butt off and compete for you and make sure that you are maximizing your hard-earned dollars. I will work day and night for all of my clients and do everything in my power to deliver the best service possible. Reach out to me, Joey Jaquin, Joe Jaquin son, someone who is going to compete for your business and truly aligns with your conservative values. You can reach me at my personal cell, 602-909-9048. Again, 602-909-9048. It is not because men have made laws that life, liberty, and property exist. On the contrary, It is because life, liberty, and property existed beforehand that men made laws in the first place. What then is law? It is the collective organization of the individual right to lawful defense and punishing injustice. Frederick Bastiat, The Law. More than 80 million Americans depend on AM radio for their news, traffic, weather, sports, and a community connection. It's the backbone of the emergency alert system, keeping us safe in dangerous times. It's critical that we keep AM radio in cars, because when cell and Internet services are down, this free emergency service could be your only lifeline. Text AM to 52886 and tell Congress we need AM radio in cars. This message furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters. Hello, friends. This is Bradley Dean, show host for the Sons of Liberty. Join me on KHNC 1360 AM every weekday at 8 p.m., Saturdays at 5 to 7 p.m., and Sundays from 6 to 8 p.m. This is Rick Rodriguez. Christ said he would build his church and the gates of hell would not prevail against it. Join me on Sundays from 9 to noon for the Olive Tree and Lampstand Ministry Radio Church Program on 1360 AM KHNC. You're listening to the Roar of the Rockies, KHNC, 1360 AM, Johnstown, Greeley, Loveland, Fort Collins. The views and opinions expressed on 1360 KHNC are